And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. You know the drill. When you're downtown, make sure you stop and visit our good friends at the Holy Grail when you are anywhere near the banks. Get a delicious meal, lunch, dinner, maybe some Reuben wontons, get a snack, delicious pizza, and all kinds of of ice cold beverages, including Cincy Light, every Cincy Light that you buy from the Holy Grail, they will go above and beyond and donate an additional 50 cents to Cincy Reigns. So support those that are supporting us and supporting the Bearcat Athletic Program. Hi, Dave. Hello. How you doing? Doing well. Merry, Merry Christmas. I know it's a couple days late, but hope you yes, guys uh, had uh, an enjoyable one. It was good. It was good. It's uh, it's not easy, but you know, got to figure out a way to get through it. And we did a good job. the The kid was happy. Uh, you know, that she has a, a new understanding of how Christmas works, Dave. Oh, she does. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not I, I don't I'm not gonna attempt to pretend to know like the the, the fashion trends of a 13 year old <laughs> girl. If you want clothes, we're gonna go out and you're gonna buy clothes. <laughs> and and you're gonna you're gonna there's not gonna be a whole lot of surprises on Christmas anymore, honey. Seems like the the most time efficient uh way to go about it yeah you know like but, but kelly didn't care kelly would buy her clothes that she didn't like well i'm not that's not that's not dad's style <laughs> you can get clothes but they are going to be clothes that you pick out uh also i'm terrible at wrapping presents uh so she wrapped all of her presents this year yeah. she wrapped all of her own presents i don't i don't do any wrapping yeah if it was up to me, you wouldn't wrap anything or you'd have a bag, bag Christmas. So, yeah, I mean, everything's in a box. Like, there's the box. Drawstring gift bags on Amazon. You just buy a shit ton of them and you throw everything in its own little drawstring gift bag. It's fantastic. That's what we're yeah. doing. Do they have Christmas designs? Yes. Okay. Then I'm I'll shoot you the link for next year. Yeah. I'll shoot you the link. Remind, remind me next year, and that's what we'll be doing. Gotcha. Uh, because I, I'm just, I'm not a gift wrapper and I'm not a, uh, I don't frivolous shop. Like, I don't think, oh, this would be great in the stocking. Nah, fam. <laughs> nope. If, if you want it, you're going to have to tell me exactly what you want and exactly where to get it. That might I'm ruin right. some of the fun of Christmas, but you know, it is what it is. I agree. That's right, Adele. Boys are easier. Like, here's a pair of jeans. Here's a couple, like, UC shirts. Like, Merry Christmas. Well, I got dog this year. So, as as some know, we do a big Christmas Eve at my parents' house where everybody in the family spends the night. There's like 18 of us now or something, maybe even more. And I got dogged. We give, I got dogged for having not a very good, not a very exciting and interesting list i was like there was nothing that i wanted why why is that like a bad thing <laughs> right so well yeah, you're so. you're like me guess what happens if you want something go buy it go buy it 
and and even more like especially now like oh i need this boop, boop, boop. order uh cart pay yeah send uh, there's okay. not a lot of stuff at this point that i'm like waiting to christmas to get if i right. if i want it that bad or i need it that bad i just buy it but i, I got it did, i got uh, a new chair there you go chairs it's a very it's a very important thing and kelsey bought me a bottle of uh double oak uh woodford reserve wonderful stocked up on my uh jeff ruby's gift cards again it's like the one thing i asked for it's the only thing you ever ask for. I know. And I buy them for myself because they're 20% off. So right. I buy some for myself and then I ask for them. And, you know. So. That, look, last year it resulted in dinner for me and Kelsey. So, mm -hmm. like, keep it coming. If you want to invite us again <laughs> this year, we can make a tradition of it. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was, that was your one and only trip on, on me. And it wasn't even yeah. on me, on on my family. On your family, your family <laughs> bought me dinner. It was great. Yeah, was we had uh, we do Christmas Eve at our house, like my personal house. Like Christmas Eve morning is when Santa comes to our house, and so Will decided he wanted to get up at three a.m. and he came in and goes. Can we go downstairs? Has Santa been here yet? And I rolled over and I'm like, I'm like what time is it? And I look at my phone, it's 3.05 and I go, absolutely not. Get in, <laughs> get in bed. He's probably hasn't even been here yet. Right. And if you so go we, down now, you could screw it up. Right. So we somehow got him back to sleep till almost seven, which was fine. But he was very much into Santa this year. So <laughs> I woke up at like seven. We go to my dad's for breakfast, like a, a brunch, late breakfast brunch type deal. Um, and usually we, we were there at like 1030. So I woke up at seven and there was no indication that Kelsey had woken at that point. So I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to crash for a couple more minutes and then I'll get up and we'll get going. Woke up at 9.15. And we had to leave my house at like 9.50 to go pick up Kelly's mom and make it down. That's all right. But we got it done. Presents were opened. Shower was taken. We got to Kelly. I told Kelly's mom that I would be there at 10 o'clock. I got there at 10.02. I was like. <laughs> yeah, Joshua. Getting it done. Definitely not well done with ranch. Uh, that's called the Corleone, that's, and uh, it's not on the menu. One, that's one Godfather order that I will not be trying. <laughs> <laughs> Gift cards and money. That's what all the cousins in my family got from, from Chad yeah. this year. I got gift cards to – I mean, my Christmas at this point was extremely exciting. I got new sheets for our bed. Uh, a Home Depot, an Amazon gift card, and gift cards to Jeff Ruby's. Th thrilling. This is exactly it's everything I asked for. So, I got a pair of UC pajama pants. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple. I got a couple things for the the kitchen. Uh, some sauces and spices. Oh, and we got a new dual dual zone air fryer. Nice. The no. the two shelf two. Yeah, the two two trays. Yeah. Yeah. 
I ha I haven't messed with those because I I don't really do a lot of like double air fryer cooking. <laughs> That's very specific. It seems like it's nice though. They have them now. Where yeah, they so they they get done at the same time. Same time. Yep. I, I looked at one when we were out shopping last week and Kelsey was like, you do not need a new air fryer. And I was like, I did. it's not pork, about what I, I need. Did pork I mean. chop and asparagus tonight and they were both pretty darn good. Yeah, it's not about what I need. It's my money. It's about what I want. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Yeah. Let, let's do some sports. We did. We did. We did a lot of sports last week, and you guys did some sports last night with not much going on. I don't know how much sports we're going to get uh, get in here. Yeah, uh, I have a question for you. This this isn't. I've got. I'm in for Mo tomorrow. Okay. So I want your opinion on a topic. It's it's kind of Bengals specific, but I think we can kind of branch it out into. Uh, I can I can tie it into something else. I. I saw today okay. uh, as it relates to the big 12. Um, obviously yesterday, everybody was in their feels about the, the Steelers game and about being zero and five in the division. Um, don't, don't let and, me in with those people. And uh, <laughs> opining that maybe this franchise has gone away from physicality uh, that is necessary in this division. In in uh, in an effort to you know be able to beat the Chiefs, which are spread you out, pushed you know not this version of the Chiefs because they stink, but looking at the you know looking down the road, like how did the Bills play? How did the Chiefs play? The teams that were at the top of the the conference that were going to be in your potentially in your way, okay, to a Super Bowl, or do <clears throat> you continue doing what you're doing? which is, you know, building a roster that's it might struggle a little bit in the division, but it's going to be really good against everybody else and gives you the best opportunity to win in the playoffs and win, you know, an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, um, my response would be people seem to have really, 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 really short memories. Well, I think Zach Taylor is 10 and 20 against the AFC North in his career. They've won it the last two years. Yes, but their records in the division have not been great. But they still somehow won it two years in a right. row. Right. <laughs> so, and yes, the Ravens are having quite a good year, but like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just always so much about quarterback that it's very hard for me to take any like sweeping assessments of an NFL team when – the, the guy who, you know, had top three or five MVP odds coming into the season plays in half the game. I don't know if you really just go like, oh, this we have to totally reinvent who we are all of a sudden. Well, the first two were <laughs> the first two games of the year, right, where he was clearly not helping. Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah. Then he got hurt against Baltimore. And then miss the two Steelers games, which right. what they're zero and five in the division and eight and two against everybody else, including yeah, that's, that's my big hope. Is I've been joking about this like with my fr group, friend group or whatever that I hope they, which I don't think it's possible, but it would be absolutely hilarious if they could go zero and six in the division and make the playoffs. 
yeah, they would have had to like. It seems like that's. It's, it's I mean, they still have. I mean, as ridiculous as it sounds, they have been still. I guess apparently, according to these projection thingies, have like a ninety-two percent to make the playoffs if they win their last two games. Yeah, but then they'd have to beat the Browns, and they right. would be one and five, five in the division. Sure. And they never I don't think the they can get in at nine and seven. They probably can't. But mainly um, because they're zero sixth mean, in the division and no, they, conference record. They would be league. they're eight and seven right now. They would they would yeah. be nine and eight if they lost to the or nine and eight. Yeah, teams. you know what I mean. Either way, like I I don't think that, I think that's a bridge way too far for me. Like I think this offseason for them is going to be incredibly interesting because you have some key veteran guys that I just don't think they can re-sign. Uh, and then you have the potential of both your offensive coordinator and quarterback coach being gone. You have the potential that he, and I'm going to, I forget it. It's not, it might be Troy Brown. They have a sneaky kind of guy right under Duke Tobin that I think is going to get a bunch of chances to maybe be a GM this year. And then what does that change with your personnel staff? Like if he gets a GM job, does he hire someone from their staff to go be his director of player personnel or something like that? That would be an, an elevation of promotion. So there's just a ton of very, very, I mean, obviously the T Higgins stuff, what do you do there? Um, there's a ton of interesting things revolving this off season, but I mean, the defense hasn't been good. They've given up more big plays than anybody ever. Probably part, probably a lot because the secondary is so new. Uh, you know, I think I like a lot of the pieces, but it's still a bunch of super young guys. So, you know, I don't think that tells me that they like aren't physical. And I don't know what. What do you mean? Like, what? Do you, how do you get more physical? You're still gonna, <laughs> right. you're still gonna be a Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow whatever they do at wide receiver type of offense. Yeah. So I, um, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting topic for a radio show. Cause I think you'll get some kind of harebrain off the wall, knee jerk <laughs> comments about it, but I'm just in right. practicality. I'm, I'm not sure like how and, and really why, like, I just don't think Zach's style is smash mouth. The way that the AFC is going, does anyone really think if Burrow was healthy, they would not make the playoffs? Right. And then they'd be right back in there where all of us would sit here and go, they're tested, they've done this before, they've gone on the road before, like nobody's done what they've done. So, like, you know, to me it's kind of that simple. (laughs) Here's the the bridge to the Big 12 I was was talking about. And this kind of – came from this morning uh, or yesterday, uh, Devin Neal saying he's coming back to Kansas and the big 12 potentially bringing back Ollie Gordon, Taj Brooks, RJ Harvey, Devin Neal, uh, Corey Kiner. And I think there was another thousand yard guy in there. Um, And, and somebody mentioned, uh, the big 12 being like where a lot of innovate, where most of the innovation in football has come offensively, right? Like it, yeah. it's the, the spread like really took hold I mean, in, in terms yeah, that, of 
at the at the major level, the spread yeah. took hold of the Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the comment was, if you want to see where football's going, it often starts in the Big Twelve. The wide zone power run stuff is a direct answer to two high shells, and way more will be running it soon. Um, for me, this has always been an interesting conversation about the ebb and flow of sports, right? Like for the longest time, it was run, run, run. So everybody had to have these big physical power linebackers that could fill gaps and, you know, hit and, and really didn't have a lot of lateral movement or ability to drop. Um, and then the spread comes in. Now you're talking about shit, you're three offensive linemen and two linebackers, and everybody else has to be able to cover. Um, you know, well, everybody's getting I mean, smaller. It's what we've talked about for uh several years, even going back to the fickle era. It was the three three five to combat the spread the spread and the up-tempo and having, you know, and what did I always say? Yeah, it's fine, but I felt like you could, you know, against a good team, which, you know, in this case, it was Tulsa a lot. It was like, yeah, that's great, but you're going to give it, you have to give up something. And in that case, you're giving up a whole lot of six and seven yard runs on first down. And, and now that's what, now that's what we're seeing. Position. The teams that are playing the three three five, or that you know, and in the Big Twelve, there are still several that do, and you're seeing a bunch of teams that, you know, want to run the ball, and are really freaking good at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had off the top of my head, you see West, West Virginia, Virginia, UCF. Kansas. I don't know if they finished over two hundred, but I know. At least those three finished over 200, averaging over 200 yards rushing. Um, Kansas is way up there. Whether Kansas they were over is, or not, they were right Kansas there. Kansas is, is up, you know, in that in that range. Um, Kansas State Oklahoma, ran it a lot, always runs Oklahoma a lot. Oklahoma State was probably up there. I mean, yeah, if not over, then right, right damn near. So yeah, you, you know, and you see like you 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 were like in UC's case, you recruited a whole bunch of dudes. To play AAC football and stop SMU and East Carolina and Houston and UCF, and now those guys are still on your roster, needing to stop, you know, two hundred and fifteen, two hundred twenty-five pound Ollie Gordon, uh, you know, CJ Donaldson at West Virginia, the both the guys at at Kansas, um, you know, they obviously didn't play t t Texas Tech, but you know, Taj Brooks is coming back, like. Yeah, you you got to get some more, some more size, some more some more power. Or you're just gonna, you know, teams are just gonna keep running on you. It, it's and this is something I wanna I wanna get to also tomorrow on radio when a uh, UC specific and actually let, let's uh, before let, let's pay some bills, Dave. Before we get into that, and Aaron, I've got a, a quick uh, adjustment. Uh, before you put the scroll up, the new code is BCJ for a team ticker. Uh, let's get to our good friends at Team Ticker. It's a one-of-a-kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. If you're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave, your dorm room, a gift, a little, a little post-Christmas gift, 
for that Bearcat fan. If you got a bunch of money for Christmas and you're looking for a way to spend it, get yourself a team ticker right now. Enter code BCJ at checkout, and that'll get you $50 off your order. Teamticker.com. Promo code BCJ. Aaron says, uh, Ollie Gordon, Taj Brooks, Amani Bailey, RJ Harvey, Devin Neal, DJ Giddens, Corey Kiner. Thousand, thousand yard rushers in the conference. That ain't a pass happy league, Dave. <laughs> no. <laughs> no if not. over half the teams are right at half the teams have a thousand yard rusher. Uh yeah, you're a team, you're a, you're a conference that is shifting to okay. And and what it maybe I'm wrong on this, like strategically. I think it comes down to safety, right? Like safeties are, are now they have to run, they have to be able to move their hips, they got to be able to turn and go. You're not seeing box safeties like you, you used to. You're not seeing safeties that just come screaming down the field to make tackles because they're afraid of one play action and there's a guy running 60 yards free to the end zone. Right. Because you're typically worried. It, you're, you're, you're playing, right. You're playing too high. And because you're concerned about getting beat down the field in the pass game, and there's a lot of space there for you you know, to be able to run the ball if you can make the blocks and get off the offensive lineman and onto the linebackers, or you know, if you if you you know if you go heavy or you overload with tight ends or H backs, like there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different ways to do it. But when the, you know if they're going to keep dropping safeties back, and you know, I think that's, I think that's kind of you know. We'll see how the guys end up being, but like, you know, that's that's where I think this staff is trying with with the twenty four class is to get much more size in the secondary, yeah. so that you can you can just defend the run a lot better that way, or you sh you know you hopefully and can. They also went and got two thumpers at linebacker. Yeah, like. Those guys might be athletic and like run and cover or do some of that stuff, but both of those guys are looking to fill gaps and smack people. Mm -hmm. Interesting stat from producer extraordinaire Aaron Smith. No one over a thousand yards coming in from the Pac-12. Like the so entire conference didn't have one, or just the four well, teams. The guys that are the, the guys that are coming in, the four teams that uh, are coming in. None of them had a thousand yard rusher. Yeah. That league was like, there's maybe no league in the history of leagues that passed as much as that league did this past year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how their defenses are built to stop the run. That could be a storyline of note next fall. Speaking of storylines of note next fall, David. Yeah. Let's start with football here. All right. Uh, I, I don't think New Year's resolutions really works here. But, like, what are a couple things that you really think, like, if if 
they are able to accomplish this somewhat small list of things, then they can get this thing, you know, bowl eligible or or in a much uh, pointed in a direction much more favorable than the way we all felt uh, to end the season. It's funny you ask that because I had actually been thinking about that. And it's not, well, the way I look at it is it's not super far-fetched to, to see that happening. I don't think there needs to be some unrealistic thing happen or whatever. But, I mean, I look at kind of just three things in total uh one offensively and two defensively like you know I, it's breaking it down pretty uh pretty basic but like offensively we i feel good that they're going to be able to run the ball yeah uh, you know similar to what they did this year which i don't think you know anyone would really say was a problem. I mean, I'm sure there were some games here and there where things. Other than been... short yardage, I think that yeah. would be the. Well, I just mean as a, as a whole. As a whole. Yeah, I know. I know. So offensively, like, if you get better quarterback play and you can run the ball, and that helps you in the play action game a little bit more, and and I don't think with the running game that the the quarterback play has to has to be like threatening for the Heisman or anything, but. You have to cut down on the turnovers, and you have to make the plays when they're there. I mean, Emory Jones' stats and maybe some of these game outcomes would have looked a whole lot different if he just hit some of the throws that were there. Right. Um, who who that person is, I, I have no idea. I've never seen Brendan. I mean, in live, and you know, I've never seen Sorsby throw a pass. I I don't. You know, I have no idea what is going to happen with any other quarterback at this point. Like everything is. Everything is up in the air to me until we walk into, I guess, Nipper for whatever right. this first spring practice is. But offensively, if they can get better production from the quarterback, which includes lowering turnovers, I think the offense can can have a solid year. Defensively, it's very simple. If you can put a little more on the quarterback while at the same time being a little bit better, in pass defense, and I think those two things obviously go hand in hand. I do not see a reason that like this team shouldn't make a bowl game next year. You know, if yeah, you can pressure I, the quarterback a little bit, you know, they didn't do a very good job of it this year, especially in Big Twelve play. Got to get better there, and got to get better on the on the back end. And you know, there are, there were several instances last year that if those things were just a touch better, they probably win games. So I don't think you need to take some meteoric jump. And then that is, that is also helped out by your offensive play and how, and you know, how they produce and how they control a game. And it's not just by time of possession. It's by, you know, again, making the plays when they're there. So I think those three things, like if we're just talking, make a bowl game, I think that's absolutely attainable and they're not like wild things. Like I'm not saying that whoever the quarterback is has to throw 30 touchdowns or 
Right. The, you know, the, the defense obviously has to force more turnovers. Like, that was a huge problem. So that's just like a baked-in assessment of of what I think can, can be better. Uh, it's just understood. Yeah, I will say we also need to see the run defense look more like it did the first half of the season and not the second half of the season because it got to a point where uh, we knew they couldn't stop the pass and then they also couldn't stop the run and everything just kind of went to shit. Yeah, I definitely agree. I wonder in some sense, like, and this would need much more film review and, and really looking at, like, who was on the field on certain plays. Like, I just wonder how much attention was paid to trying to shore up the pass defense What that was sure. then, then you know, hurt, you know, so to speak, what they sure. were trying to do against the run teams then just exploited that because they were like, well, they're going to – they're trying so hard not to get killed over the top, then we're just going to – they're leaving it they're vulnerable now to the run. Right. It's yeah, there, there's a very fine line there between like the, where the run defense went wrong. Some of it was also, they just played the best rushing offenses uh, in the conference in the back half of the schedule. Yeah. Oklahoma mm-hmm. state, UCF, West Virginia, Kansas, like those were all, over those final six games or whatever. Yeah. It's and not like Houston ran the ball at will on them. No. Because Houston's and run game stunk. If we're being honest, like watching the games, there were several instances where guys just made bad plays. Yeah. So effort was a question from well, I mean not even I wouldn't even go so as effort, like just not good run fits. Like yeah. Well, but that effort is part of that, like getting to your gap, being aggressive in your gap, like breaking down and making a play or just like getting there half-assed and being like, eh, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Right. There, It felt like there was too much of that. But yeah, there's, uh, I, you know, I think, well, the, well, again, <clears throat> being in the big 12 and I think it's a super fun league because as we saw this year, from week to week, who the hell knows? Like, with Oklahoma and Texas officially gone, like, there will clearly be teams that are projected to be better than others. But there is certainly not, you know, a very early look at it. There is certainly not anybody that I'm looking at and going, man, this team is head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. Yeah. So, and, and that's rarely the case in, in any other league. I mean, you look at the SEC recently, obviously, Georgia. You look at the Big Ten for years. It was Ohio State. Now it's been Michigan for the last couple of years where, like, everybody can look at it and go, these guys are, like, way better than 95% of the league. Well, and, and I would also say you will hope you add Soresby at quarterback, that gives you a guy that looks like a high-level quarterback. Uh, you add a, a, a highly sought-after running back. Your running back room should look like what it's supposed to look like. Um, I think you're still a tackle. You're not going to look like, you know, if, if it's John Williams and uh, Buford and, and Wilder, uh, you do not have what we saw from most of the Big 12 teams at tackle in terms of 
six, seven, 320 pounds. Right. Um, but I think, you know, you should look pretty good at linebacker. Uh, you should look pretty good. You should look better at end in terms of the prototypical, like what a, what a big 12 defensive end looks like. Uh, you're, you're not going to be six, two, two ninety there. Uh, if the, if the two guys brought in are able to, uh, to give you what is expected. Um, we'll see it safety and corner. I, I, they're not done there. No, I think that's pretty obvious. They're, they're yeah, they're still, um, but, who, but who, who those pieces end up being is, is yet to be seen. Right. I just, I like, I, it's still stuck in my brain, Dave, watching those teams come onto the field at Nippert and really outside of UCF and, and Baylor didn't look as physically imposing as some of the others, but Kansas and Iowa state and Oklahoma and, um, who am I forgetting? Uh, they played five home games. Yeah, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, UCF, Oklahoma. Okay, that's yeah. that's all of them. But yeah, those three looked significantly different. They were just bigger and longer and more athletic than Cincinnati. It was it was evident in warmups. Like if you were down there on the field watching those two teams warm up, I remember the reaction in the Oklahoma game where. We were standing down uh, on Oklahoma's side uh, pregame, and some people I was standing there talking with were all like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. This is what recruiting at the highest level looks like, huh? Uh, mm -hmm. What's the old Sesame Street? One of these things is not like the other. Uh, that was well, the case. I mean, those guys have been recruiting yes, for, how, for how many years to, with the making the college football playoff goal in mind. Of course. I'm not saying it's like, like, you know, there's not a reason for it. There's clearly a reason for it. But also just from looking, it looked, it looked a lot different. It did not look similar at all. Um, what else uh, on the football side do you want to get to for, uh, for New Year's resolutions, Dave? Anything? <laughs> get Xavier um, Henderson a number two, uh, like a bona fide legit number two. I think they're okay in the slot. I think with Aaron Turner and Barry Jackson, like I think you're going to be fine in the slot. I think you're fine with Xavier Henderson as your as your number one. They did not get enough out of you know the guys that tried to fill that role at the two, uh, especially no, I mean, D Wiggins. D Wiggins, Donovan Ali, can can Evan Prater. Make a make a mark there, um, you know. I, I you know in the stuff that I that I follow, there's they're not they're not really too active with wide receiver right now. Um, they had you know they've had a couple guys come in and visit. I think they but, got their what they wanted, like they quote unquote got their guy. Yeah, I mean, is that they think it's going to be Johnson going to be the, the yeah. guy? Um, I like that the, the you know, I like all the freshmen, but they're the two that I like the most are more slot guys. So that probably doesn't really play into a factor there. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, just more weapons, whether it's what you would quote unquote call a number two, whether it's another tight end, whether it's, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take running. I mean, I think they're still interested. I mean, they offered a, a kid from Grambling yesterday that kind of fits into that more of that smaller, you know, shiftier speed, shifty speed, pass catching, running back. Now, yeah. you know, I'd like to talk to them about. You know, I thought the I thought throwing the ball to the backs was going to be more of a focal point of this offense this year. So was that more of design? Was that more of who we had and and what we thought they did the, did the best. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, they're still looking for offensive weapons, which they should be. I mean, every team should be. You got to score points. Like <laughs> Sometimes, Dave, you just don't get to it in your playbook. Yeah, some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you, you don't. Um, we, we wanted to do that. We just, we just didn't get to yeah, it. Just didn't get to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, eight, Eight, I'll call it truly. I'll call it seven portals. Like I know a long snapper counts, but like from from what we're looking at, yeah. seven portal additions. We obviously have another portal weekend, or kind of half a week, not even just a weekend. But um, next week, what does that look like? Once you know, call, you know, we're seeing it right now. I said it was going to happen. Like there's still going to be a lot of good players entering the portal. Once their bowl games are done, even yep. though a lot of the good ones have opted out, there's still good players that would be valuable additions. And we'll certainly probably see some after the two college football playoff games. Oh, I mean, you've got a ton of games between now and Monday mm -hmm. where there's a bunch of decent to good teams playing. So, you know. That that part will be interesting. Uh, any anything anything coaching wise? Uh, if you're if you were a coach on this team, what what would your New Year's resolution be? Um, it's a stupid question. I know how to. I would be focused. Maybe my number one thing I would self scout and want to maybe, you know. I know these a lot of these guys have conversations with other coaches. They go watch other other people. They've obviously got friends in the business. My number one thing offensively would be how do we attack the middle of the field better? Yeah. Whether that is with receivers, tight end, I mean, it doesn't matter who. I just felt like that was just an area that we again either chose not to or didn't feel we had the personnel to uh, attack successfully. It's, it's, you know, because if you're going to, if these defense are going to keep playing these two high safeties, just like with running the ball, then there should be space open in the middle of the field. Right. So how do we, how do we get better at that? Some of that, I think it's going to be quarterback related. I just don't think, I don't think that was a strength of Emery's. He did not ever show much comfort working the middle of the field with the ball right and that, the timing yeah. was never there you know when he when he did attack the middle of the field a lot of times it was either late or it was behind or 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I just I had never felt like he was comfortable working the ball in uh, in and around the middle of the field. Right. All right, let's uh let's timestamp the football portion. This timestamp as always brought to you by our good friends at Turtles Brew, zero carbs, zero sugar, gluten-free, 6% ABV, bourbon infused sweet tea. They have lemonade tea, they have cherry lime, they have strawberry mint. They have raspberry peach. They have orange vanilla. There's 100 locations in Ohio, over 100 locations in Ohio. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. They're in Toledo, Cincinnati, Columbus, expanding in central Ohio, expanding across the state. A portion of the proceeds go to Save the Sea Turtles. Again, turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. Let's get to basketball. And then this is different because we are, we got one game left and it's not going to be an easy one Friday. Uh, You're coming off a week off. You're playing a pretty good mid-major, maybe the best of the mid-majors that they've played or right up there amongst the best mid-majors that they've played in Evansville. Evansville. Do they still have sleeves on their jerseys? I don't believe so. I wish they did because that like, look, you want to be different, right? You want to set yourself apart. <laughs> Evansville, we still they might they they might not have had sleeves on their jerseys for a decade, Dave. You know the first thing I think of when I think of Evansville? Do they still have sleeves on their jerseys? <laughs> like you were different. That gave you it gave you uh I don't know that there was any recruiting advantage to that. Uh come to Evansville where where you wear sleeves on your jerseys. Yeah. Um <laughs> But it gave you uh, gave you some cachet, some market value. Um, this is all really interesting to me because, however you want to slice it, we have seen this team look pretty good uh, against lesser competition. We have not seen them play well in the two games uh, that the competition was, you know, high major quality. And they are about to play 18 consecutive high major games um, coming up starting in a week or whatever, you know, whenever. Right. They they play Friday and then they play again next Saturday uh, at BYU at 10 p.m. Um, I think the thing that makes it so difficult right now is we have not seen – the only game we've seen with a full roster was Dayton, and that was Jamil's first game. Um, and as you got to this stage where you hoped, okay, we, we're going to have a couple games in a row where we can work on this, C.J. Frederick and Aziz were out uh, against Merrimack, and then Aziz and Simas Lukosius were out against Stetson. Who knows? what the availability is going to look like uh, for Evansville. But even if everybody is healthy, I still think we are four days away from January 1st, and I don't feel like we know a lot about this team. Yeah, I I mean, I don't want to, to take this stance. I just have... 
having a pretty good understanding of the Big 12 and what we're about to face, like, I have major concerns on the defensive end. Like, I look at some of the the teams and some of the players, and I'm just like, how are we going to get enough stops? I just don't see, like, I'm not, I'm not saying anybody isn't tough, but I just don't see that level that you know, you know it, because you've watched it, you watch way more college basketball. I'm the football guy, you're the basketball guy, like, yeah. but you remember the Big East days. I watch the Big 12 because it's fun. Like, how many possessions against Dayton and, and Xavier did we really dig in when we absolutely had to and get the and get that stop, whether it was to stop momentum, whether it was to keep momentum for us going? Like, you know, you see a game where you get like a you're down 14 and you go on an 8-0 run and you're right back in it, but do you have the juice to lock it down one more time? And and you know, or does the team then make you know have a couple possessions where you where you let up a little bit, or maybe you don't even let up a little bit, but they're just a really good offensive team, and that lead goes back right back up to double digits. So all that hard work is is basically null and void. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm just not seeing. It. And is part of it a mismatch of of lineups because of these injuries and ineligibilities and stuff like that? Sure, I. I I have no doubts that that is playing a part in this, but guess what? This is the best league in in the country. You're not you're not going to have time to figure that shit out anymore, right? So oh, that is that you. is where that is where my concern lies. In that, I think we got some really nice offensive pieces. I think we can go toe to toe with a lot of these teams, but to date, I'm just I haven't seen it against a team that I feel like even it doesn't even have to be Dayton and Xavier. Like there's been times. That I'm like, what is going on? These guys are are just slicing and dicing them, and they're they shouldn't be. Is basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. So I I have the same fears, but for a different reason. My fear is they have some nice offensive pieces, but uh, Houston adjusted defensive efficiency number one. Uh, BYU adjusted defensive deficient uh, efficiency number nine. Uh, Iowa State number five. Kansas number six. Uh, Baylor uh, number seventy, but they're number three in offensive efficiency. So that that goes a little bit more to your point. Oklahoma number seven in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, I, I think you're getting my point. Yeah. They Here, here's here's the easier way to say what we just said is a lot of teams in the Big 12 are really good, so they're going to be really good at both offense and defense. <laughs> yeah, my, but my point being, like, this is a league that is going to grind you out. Like, almost all of the top 10 in, in defensive efficiency are in the Big 12. Like, I think I just read six top 10 teams in defensive efficiency in the Big 12. So scoring you're not you're not putting up 78 a night you're not the the tempo's not going to be there the looks aren't going to be there it, it doesn't matter how good there are going to be nights that Baylor who's number 3 in offensive efficiency 
stinks in this league. Because the defenses are going to grind you up and chew you out. So instead, you're looking at what? 70 points a night? 71 points a night? How many of these Big Ten teams are you going to be able to hold on? Or Big 12 teams, are you going to be able to hold under 70? Is my like my concern with what I've seen so far. It's it's saying the same thing you're saying, but in a in a slightly different way, in that I don't know, like forget holding them to 78. They're probably going to be able to win the game at 71. Well, the way you do it normally, I would say, is to create turnovers. But we have seen that this this defense is not really been able to do that i mean they're not a team that has for all the talk of tempo and pace and everything which i think their tempo and pace is is more than fine like it's in the low hundreds last time i looked um that is not a a correlation though to a defense that is speeding you up and forcing you into live ball turnovers and getting easy baskets on the other end like, I mean, what was it? I don't remember which game it was somewhat recently where I think they, I don't know if it might have been Dayton, I'm not sure, like had two fast break points? Yeah, for the, from almost all of the Dayton game, they had no fast break points. None. So, I mean, like, you can't be not good on defense and then also not help yourself by creating some easy baskets for your offense. Yeah, yeah there, there's nothing So we're going to play, what... like, not great defense, but then also – offensively we're going to go against five set defenders pretty much every possession knowing full well yeah. that the defenses we're playing are all pretty good to great like good, who was good that? Luck. It, was, it was who did they play before dayton oh merrimack no merrimack was right after dayton that ran that well, florida zone. florida golf coast i think it might have been florida golf Coast. who i was it was one of those teams that like i just had never seen it before they just didn't send anybody the offensive glass they took a shot and they all five ran back and they were just standing there like come get some we're here like you're not running fast breaks on us and you're not going to see that in the big 12 but you have elite athletes that are going to go offensive rebound but my point being the teams that are that high in defensive efficiency aren't teams that are allowing you to just run up and down the floor. Right. Like, that's not how it works. They're getting back, they're getting set, and they're locking you up. And I I need to see against teams like that because, let's face it, Dayton's awful defensively. And rebounding, and they hung they hung right. I mean, they don't even really try to offensive rebound. And and they well they didn't but that they didn't miss so well true but that's <laughs> <laughs> true um it's hey I had the scout for that game I saw I mean I saw it a week earlier you did you did well what 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 was the deal you had to punish them defensively because they were bad defensively and Cincinnati slashed what 38 26 38% field goals, 26% from three. And that was making a couple late. Like, I offense, offense is going to come and go in this league. Not because that's not because you don't have good offensive players, but because half of the teams are elite defensively. Offense is going to come and go. 
Wes, over this, like starting, I think they came back yesterday. You've got one game between now, yesterday and next Saturday. You're going to have to figure out what the hell you are defensively and and what it means. Because, look, man, like we talked about it afterwards. That Dayton game, Dave, Dayton got – they could have put X's on the floor and yeah, said, they we're going it. there. We're going there. UC couldn't stop. I mean, it, it was really like, okay, either Deron Holmes does his thing, Kobe Ellis does his thing, or they kick it out to a wide-open shooter. Yeah, but even like even off the bounce – like the reason Deron Holmes and Kobe Ellis got what they wanted is because Dayton didn't have any resistance moving right. the ball via the pass, via the dribble. And then they move the ball via the dribble, get the defense exactly where they'd want it. Then they'd throw it to Deron Holmes in an advantageous situation and he'd get an easy bucket. Or they'd move the defense twice, kick it to Kobe Ellis. He would go downhill, get fouled. The other thing, Dave, you want a New Year's resolution? Stop fouling shooters. Yes. Stop sending the other team to the line 30 times a freaking night. Yeah. You know how many times you're going to win in the Big 12 if the other team averages 25 free throws a night? Yeah, I mean, that goes to what I said about, like, how many times did you really see him sit down and, and right. like, and guard. I think I think the I think the shoe is going to be a tremendous home court advantage. But you know, home court advantages are only there when on the defensive end. When you make because it's a team coming to a new arena, right? Not sure what to expect offensively, especially on the road. Every team on the road is not going to play as good as offense as they do at home, right? But are, are we going to nullify our home court advantage because we don't really want to guard anybody? Yeah, I mean the the fouling it's it, it's so crazy too because they're not fouling like Merrimack got them some, um, but they're not fouling in the buy games. The fouls are perfectly fine in the buy games, and the thing is, if you go look, Dave, at Dayton and Xavier, there wasn't a great foul disparity in terms of fouls called. There was a great foul disparity in terms of number of free throws shot. Right. So I don't – you know me, it's Bryant. Yeah, Bryant was the team that sent everybody back. That's – yeah. Um, I am not – like, I don't take it easy on officials. If I think officiating is bad, I will call out the officiating is bad. The only problem I've really had is I felt that they didn't call some things on Dayton's end the same that they called them on Cincinnati's end. But right. Cincinnati fouled a ton. Like, you know how, that's you know not how it to is. say Cincinnati didn't foul. It's right. to say that 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 I didn't think called for some of the stuff they did that was the same stuff Cincinnati's doing. But look, man, you can't you go for a when second. You start, when you start fouling shooters – they're going to start hunting that. And right. they, it's not, like the officials aren't just going to let it go. So like you, you've shown for however long period of time, like we're fouling shooters this game. So what is the other team going to do? They're going to keep attacking the guys or the positions on the floor that 
have been prone to fouling the shooters. And so, yeah, it's not fouls just for the sake of fouls, like a old Louisville or an old Houston or Houston where it's like they're, they can't call them all. So we're going to be aggressive with our hands. We're going to, you know, press up on guys in the half court. This was just straight up. We're fouling guys shooting. So they're going to get, they're obviously going to get free throws. And then it, it, you know, it compounds it because then in the other foul you commit, they're now getting free throws and Dayton's a very good free throw shooting team, good shooting team uh, altogether. So yeah, you just, you know, stop. It's, it's very simple to say, but stop, literally stop fouling. But again, that goes back to the, I'm not sure how great they are defensively. And that's a product of not being great defensively is you are either out of position or covering for somebody else and you end up committing more fouls. And here is the second part of that. Because you are fouling shooters and because you are sending guys to the line, guess who you end up sending to the line far more often than not when you foul guys shooting the ball a lot? Like they're the other player. team's best player. They wouldn't be shooting that much if they weren't good shooters. They are getting cooked over the last three weeks by the other team's best player. Not, not you know, hey, that guy got his 19 points, but he did it on 22 shots. No, 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 no. That guy got 27 on 12 shots and and. 12 trips to the free throw. Yeah, what was what was Kobe Elvis? Like 15 of 15 from the line or so, yeah. something like that? He scored, he scored 27 or 28. Um, they gave up 55 points to Kobe Elvis and Deron Holmes. 55 points. And that's I mean, after in the shootout, giving up, what, 47 to Quincy Oliveri and Davion McKnight. I mean, the dude the other night scored almost 30. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a top five scorer in the country. Um, but you you can't let him but score still 30 on make, you. We still didn't make it hard for him. That's that's the, I think that's the thing we're both right. getting at is like, yeah, we know that the a guy on that level of a team he's gonna, he's going to get his he's more times than not going to get his number, but at least make him earn it. Like at least make the guy like totally go away from the game plan and, and right. take thirty shots to get there. But the, I mean, they're, they're not they're not doing it, and I think that you know that's what kept that game fairly close. Guys are just that. That's the this is the worst thing you can say about a defense, Dave. The opponent's best player, best two players, are getting comfortable yep. every night. They are. There's nothing about what Blackman did that was uncomfortable. Well, think about your mentality. If you're him, if you're Duran, if you're Kobe Elvis, if you're Quincy Olivari, when you're watching game tape and you're talking about this game from a scouting standpoint, and you're yeah. just you're looking at it and going, these guys ain't stopping me. Like, right? How does the mentality changes? Like, I guarantee when you're a big time scorer, you're the team's best player, or the number one guy on the scouting report. When you're going into a game and you know, like, man, I know I'm good, but like. These guys are going to guard me hard. Like I am going to have to work right. for everything that I get in this game. And I'll still probably get it because I'm really damn good too. 
but these guys are going to make me earn it. Right now, they're these dudes are watching it like, boy, this is going to be fun because I'm going right, to get mine, like, and I might get a whole lot of mine because there, there's not going to be a whole lot of resistance. Yeah, like, that. you know, I hate to compare eras, but this is more of a player. Like, when you were going up against Rashad Bishop and you were a great scorer, you might get your, your 17 points, but you were going to spend, like, two days in the cold tub icing down after he got done with you. You were going to get bumped, held, shoved, tripped, tackled. Uh, like, like, there was no mercy. And I don't think any of these guys are walking into playing against Cincinnati and thinking that right now. Right. I mean, they, they could be, or they wouldn't, like, you wouldn't see this abundance of this consecutive string of, like, team's best player, team's go-to score, just consistently be getting 20-plus, like, yeah. I mean, this guy's like five fifth, plus. This guy it's was been like over fifth, 25. Right. And that's what I mean. This guy was the fifth best scorer in the country, and he was he's only averaging, like, 22 a game, and he right. almost dropped 30. So, you know, to give up, you're giving up like 10 to 15 points more per game than these than what these guys are averaging. Right. Yeah. There are <laughs> there are a lot of things that need to be uh, fixed heading into next Saturday at BYU, who just so happens to be. Uh, 11th in the nation in offensive efficiency and ninth in the nation in defensive efficiency. Wonderful. And they are, did, have you seen where they are in Ken Palm? I mean, I'm assuming they're like in the top five. Fourth. Yeah, they're fourth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I assume everybody's like in the top 70 or something. Uh, no, there's a couple outside the top 100. Well, no, no, Oklahoma State is, Oklahoma State might be the worst now. No, Oklahoma State is 90, 93rd, 140 offense, 62 defense, and West Virginia is 129th, 166 offense, 118 defense. So one twenty ninth is the is the worst, which would have been good yes. for about third in the AAC <laughs> when we were in in there. Yeah. Uh, what's UCF is seventy eighth. They're twenty fifth in defense. So one fifty ninth in offense, twenty fifth in defense. So that's the that's the twelfth team is seventy eight. Yeah, and then thirteen is is ninety two, and fourteen is you know one twenty whatever one whatever. I mean, I'm looking at BPI. Mm -hmm. Nine teams are in the top thirty. Yeah, everybody but West Virginia is in the top one hundred. Yep. Yeah, I mean the top thirty in Ken Palm, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas. Iowa State, BYU, Houston, all in the top 30. And then TCU is 36th and Texas is 38th. 
than Cincinnati's 40. Yeah. UC is just ahead of TCU in Texas in, in uh, <clears throat> BPI. Yeah. Which is worth looking at because it is a, a metric that is actually used by the committee. Yes, I don't know why, but it is. Unlike, unlike uh, F, yeah, I don't know why either. I don't know if it's a different formula than, than the football one. But they use it, and it likes UC right now. So yeah, so I I like it right now, <laughs> but I don't know it. that I I don't know that I fully agree with it at the moment. Uh, look, the reality is, you know, they're going to have to get good real quick because if they don't figure some things out between now and next Saturday, they're staring down one and five, zero oh and six. To start the Big 12? I mean, I guess what, like, obviously probably a, a deeper discussion, but, like, what do you, like, what can you or do you legitimately do to fix it? The problem for this team, I think, is it, need, it needs time to come together. But they're out of time. Like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's part of it too. Like, the way I kind of look at it is like some of the players that you think would help you on that end are probably help not you on the other, not who you want out there offensively, right? And vice versa, the guys yeah. that, that will make you your best offense are going to hurt you defensively. You know, this is the um, and that's the, not that's not a rarity. I mean, there's not a ton of like teams with just stacked full of two way guys, no, but. It's it's the flip side of remember how much fun we were having in the offseason with like, well, you could go with this lineup for offense, you could go that lineup for defense. Well, you don't get to sub offense defense for 40 minutes every entire every night. It's not football. Like you, you don't get to send out your other unit on the other side. So Wes has got they, they got some coaching to do. And some of it is beyond coaching because some of it is just familiarity. Some of yeah. it is simply logging enough minutes with these guys on both ends of the floor to, to have your defensive rotations down pat knowing, okay, maybe this guy, this guy's not as good defending uh, drives to his left. So we're going to have to do a little bit more help side. You know, if he's, if they've got the ball on the, on the, on that side of the floor or, this guy's not good defending post-ups or, you know, this is not who you want closing out uh, on the backside. Like there, there's a lot of things that need to be answered that you can only answer by playing together. Mm -hmm. And these guys just not played together a whole lot. Yep. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. They've got their work cut out for them. Here's the other thing. I want to get to this one with you because I'm I'm very interested in your take because I, I don't know how I haven't come up with a different way to answer this question. Everybody says shorten the rotation. They want seven or eight guys. Who are you eliminating from the rotation? Day Day, Gizzle, John Newman, CJ. Timos, Dan, Vic, Aziz, Jamil. Right. 
who's out? Not only who's out, but for the people saying get it to seven, you got to cut two. You're not cutting either of the point guards. All four wings are going to play. All three centers or, or bigs, however you want to define them, are going to play. How do you get this below nine? Well, I mean, yeah. It, it comes it comes down to whoever is, you know, if you're, if you're in that camp, are you just saying, like, we, it doesn't well, matter. the old cliche that teams are, their rotation is cut to seven or eight guys by the tournament. Like, I mean, is, that, is that really like a thing still? I mean, for most places it is, but, but most places only have seven or eight guys that they want on the floor. Well, I just look at it as, okay, like if you're going to take two guys out, are you, you're, you have to be giving up something like, right. I mean, you're either going to be, get, Worse at offense or worse at defense? Like, <laughs> you're not. I don't see how taking two guys out makes you better at both. Right. So, like, yeah, if I took out this guy and this guy, we're better on defense. And that's where our problem is right now. But now we're worse on offense. Right. And then if I take out this guy and this guy, now we're, we're you know, we're still really good at offense, but we're not any better on defense. And I don't know, you can come up with some idea, like, if I take out one of each, maybe we're a little bit better at, you know, we're better at defense, we're worse at offense, but it balances itself out, and so we're just kind of in the same spot. Yeah, I just don't, I mean, Eric, I don't I don't know how you, like, I don't know how you see it otherwise, when everyone's healthy, that this is a nine-man rotation. And it's, you're going to play nine. And then you have Odie and Josh, who both are good, you know, good enough thing, to be. The other thing, too, is, is if the defense, if they were better on the defensive end, you wouldn't have to worry about them. Because you'd have more defined roles of, like, these yeah. are our defensive guys. And these these are these are our bench guys that come in when on defense. And these are our bench guys that come in when it's, when it's an offense time. But no one's, no one's playing good on defense. So, like, I can't sit here and go – well, John Newman's playing well, really good on defense. Well, he can't make up for four other guys that right, aren't. Right, that's the problem. Right. So I can't say like, well, if we just did this, then we'd be, be you know, then we'd be better on defense. No, it doesn't work that way because the other guys aren't playing well on defense. So shortening, you're just taking out less bodies to still have the same outcome, basically. Yeah. At least defensively, where the way I and, see and, it. And and I think defensively, like. Right now, the you know before he scored twenty nine uh, last week, people would have said reduce Dan's minutes because he's struggling. He's in a funk, and Aziz is taking more time to get up to speed than maybe people would have liked. So take Aziz out. Well, if you're gonna be good defensively, eventually Dan is a big part of that. Well, and also here's here's my two cents on that. One. How do you get out of a funk if you start playing less? Right. And two, how many other guys on this team can get 29 in a night? Right. Right. So tell me why he should be playing. Like, okay, he should be playing less. Who's the other guy 
on the team that's going to get that can at some point get 29 tonight. Yeah. Because it's not like he got 29 because he took 25 shots. No, he took 12 or 13. I know, I know he was five for five from three at one point. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, guys in a funk. How do you get out of a funk? Like, it's like, I'm, I like to play golf. Oh, I'm not hitting my driver good. You know how I'm going to start hitting my driver good? By practicing with my driver, driver less. No, right. Dave, you just put it away. Just, yeah. Just don't I'll carry get better, driver. I'll get better at hitting my driver by not hitting it. <laughs> Millie, what? Gray Bush. That Millie, what? You, you're gonna sit him? The one guy that has shown like he's no. You're saying Millie, can, Millie can get 29. Oh, we don't. I mean, without the without the benefit of the three point line. He hit one, one of the ways you get 29 <laughs> is hitting four or five, five threes. Five for five from three in the first half. Right. Right. Um. Look, I think I think Jamil's going to be outstanding offensively as he gets settled. Dan's Dan's uh, frust- I understand fans' frustrations with Dan because sure for the twenty nine, there's the other game where it's like, calm down, you know, you're causing more harm than good right now. But my point is, like, that's that is that is very valid and very true. But then, like, who else? Okay, like you don't play him as much. Like who's like who else has the ability to do what he does? Right. And if you think he's one of your best players, which I do, and one of your most athletic players that matches up with the Big 12 talent, which I also agree with, like he's on that level, how are you going like, to so you're gonna win games by playing him less? Right. Like, who's, who's, uh, guarding, Ke- who's guarding Kevin McCullough if you just reduce Dan's minutes? Right. Who's, uh, who's guarding, who's guarding KJ, KJ Adams? Who's, right. who's guarding the guys? some of these guys on Baylor? Yeah, you know, right. like, oh, okay. well, so we'll play him less. That'll help. The the yeah. the other six nine super athletic dude. Um, <laughs> let's play him less. Well, he's six 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 seven, but like, either way, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Like, much bigger, right? Those but, are the guys that he um, he needs to be matching up against. And if you play him less, who's who's guarding them? He made yeah. Jamil did make make one three. Uh, Vic made. Four, five against uh, Georgia Tech. Has he made one since? He's shooting like 12% from three cents. So, let's <laughs> um, – yeah. I I just don't like I, – I don't – the answer is you're not getting the seven or eight without injury. They're, in a, they're just in a bad spot because they need – the guys they need to play need to play better defense, and there's no answer – there's no easy like the offense can stay where it's at if we insert X playing more minutes because his defense is is yeah. better. Like there, that's not an answer for them right now. Right. The answer is play better on defense. The the question, you know, the harder part is, do they have just do they have that ability? Right. Yeah. Train's coming, Dave. Train's coming. Train's coming. <laughs> Anything else you want to get to on the uh, the basketball side? I don't think so. All right. We will time stamp that. Brought to you by Turtles Brew. 6% ABV, zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free, 
bourbon infused sweet tea, strawberry uh, mint, uh, lemonade tea, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla. Over 100 locations in Ohio. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. They are spreading throughout Ohio. So just go to the website and find a location nearest you. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to read you a text. And I, I talked about this um, last night, but I wanted to get your sense on this. You know, you get a lot of you get a lot of Christmas texts. You hear from people you haven't heard from in a while. You're exchanging pleasantries. Um, this came from someone in uh, prominent in college sports, uh, somebody that everybody in college sports knows. And they said, Merry Christmas to you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, they followed it up with, don't know how you can follow all the recruiting and portal crap. Our business is going to implode and we're going to have to start over here in another year or so. Like this isn't down the line. This is, we are a season or two from having to blow this thing up and restructure, re reconfigure how all of it is done. Because what's happening right now isn't working for the benefit of overall anyone. Your thoughts? I mean, I don't. Are you surprised to hear them say a year or so? Like, I, I, I think no, most because of us thought, like, this I is coming, it's, but I think it's, it's a couple just years the mentality down the of like the, the immediacy of, of everything that, that's continually been going on, where it's like something needs to happen or else, you know, or else, and we need to do this quickly or things are going to get. But, but I'm, this kind of goes back to what we talked about not last week, maybe the week before, where I'm just like, okay. Who's doing all these things? Like, you can tell me that it's getting terrible and that things are things are gonna explode uh, in the next year or two, or big changes. Need okay, I'm just gonna say okay. Who's who's in charge, man? Like, they're just things are just gonna crumble for the sake of of crumbling, and and no one's going to be there to pick up the like. I don't know. It's just, I think it's hyperbolic. I, you know, I'm not disagreeing. It might happen, but like. Yeah. My point being, I just have never heard anybody put it in that. Well, they're like, are they, I mean, I think people are trying to put it in those terms to make, to force somebody <laughs> right. else to, to fix it. You know, I, I'm I'm starting to so, get to the you point. Know, it's, it's like the it's so terrible. You know, something has to be done, but we don't want to actually be the ones to do it. I, I'm starting to get to the point, and and I, you know, I, I'm I'm soul searching on on what my answer is because I I just don't know. Like you, like what what's who when. Where? What, like, what did we learn as kids? Who, what, when, where, why, how? Like, how? how what? What? What's? What's the answer? What's well, always but like I'm, the? It's always like the we should fire this coach, or we should yeah. bench this quarterback, or 
we should, you know, okay, you don't think X quarterback is, is good enough anymore or X coach is good enough anymore. Okay, who are you replacing them with? Right. Is quarterback Y on your roster? Like, Because if not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it's – it's a lot of talk to me, but not you know. Again, you're, you're you're looking to Congress, you're looking to our our government to fix a problem that you guys are getting. And I say you guys, I'm talking coaches, league commissioners, uh, the NCAA, athletic directors. Like you guys are all making, and ladies are making a ton of money. That's what you're getting paid for to figure out the problems and fix them. I guess here's my question. Is ultimately the only answer breaking off football and making football its own thing? Well, probably because two reasons, laziness and the other other reason, these guys and ladies and, and what, like, they don't, they have not had for I don't know how long the greater good of sports football whatever you want to say in the bet in their best interest no it's it all making money it is about my team my league not my sport and until it becomes about my sport and i i don't know if we can ever get there because if it was about my sport the pac-12 would not have folded the acc wouldn't be doing what they're doing like this is not about the sport it's about me, my team, the Big my East conference. would still have Pitt, Louisville, West right. Virginia, Cincinnati, Syracuse. So if they don't care about the sport, then then yes, we're going. And I say sport, I mean the the whole enterprise, but mainly, obviously, right. mainly football as the as the financial driver. Like, unless they change their mindset, then yeah, that's going to happen because they're going to eventually get to the point where they say, "Well, let's just go." Like, we are all like minded we will go do our own thing and we'll figure it out as we go, which I think is an unbelievably terrible idea. Um, but I also don't think that Alabama should be governed the same as Alabama A&M. And right now it's not. Well, in football, in football, in fo- well, but no, in football, come on. They, they, they play by the same rules. They play by some of the same rules. I mean, they have different the financials and, and the different autonomous five. They do, has, but they still, they're still scholarships are the same. Yeah. I mean, now Alabama can do certain things, obviously. Then these, uh, you know, we don't even have to go down to Alabama and go to Vanderbilt in their own damn conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to UAB. That's middle of the road. Who and they literally, they, their board of their board literally tried to, end, the Alabama board literally tried to end UAB football, however many years ago it that was. Did. They succeeded, succeeded did. for a couple of years. Uh, yeah. Because they, why? Because they're a threat? <laughs> like, Auburn's no, not I, even I a just, threat. I don't, like, I think, like, I don't pay a lot of attention to this because this is to me a lot of, um, boy who cried wolf like type of thing where it's like this is so bad but someone else come in and fix it for us or or else we're going to do this okay then because i don't think anybody should help you because that would prove your incompetence 
Yeah. Uh, then go do something else. Quit talking about it and go do it then. But then who's governing you? Who's making up the rules? You guys complained and told the NCAA to put in guardrails about transfers. and that, But now you're saying, no, we, we need these guys to be eligible because we're going to sue you. And it's just the hypocrisy of it all. Like, I agree. Like I, I, I've said it how many times? I think guys, as long as another school or program wants to take them, guy, girl, should be able to transfer as many times as they want. We have talked about this. It's becoming more and more I don't like the idea from a a purely college athletic standpoint, but I also don't like the idea of restricting someone from doing something that any other student could do. Yeah. I mean – They're, they're, the thing that we have talked about that is becoming increasingly clear, Dave, is that the NCAA, and, and now everybody has figured this out. We've talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'll mention it again. Everyone has figured out that the NCAA has an illegal rule book. They have created rules for years and years and years and years and years and years that actually, when challenged in a court of law, are illegal. But here, here's my question that that I so I I agree, hundred percent. So when they break off, are they going to all of a sudden create all rules that cannot be challenged in a court of law? Well, no, I think what what where or, is just, all or they're just going to say like everything is fine, and no, you, where you this mean, is all headed. The reason that everything is illegal, David, because the other side doesn't have representation. And they're going to give it to them? I don't think they're going to have a choice, but they're going to they're going to have to deal with the players union. I think it's inevitable. There's I think a there lot there's a be, lot that goes into that. I know. I from know. the players side that I don't think I they know. understand. I know. But the only way So like can I fire my quarterback after 6 weeks? If he's not producing because he's now an employee of the university? Uh, I mean, that depends on what what constitutes a contract. Is the contract well, year to if year? You have a, if you have a labor, if you're a part of a labor union, but then you're, you're My signing. point being, if there is a, a sum that you can pay him, yeah, you can fire him in week five. As long as you pay him through week 13, Fire away. Well, you don't have to pay NFL players through through week yeah, thirteen. If you, no, you don't. That is not you a have to pay the not rest a, of their contract. Not all of them have. That's a guaranteed contract. They don't have that. Well, you that a, comes down to collective bargaining. In baseball, you do. If you, you have a, a guy, you're damn sure you got to pay the rest of his contract. Yeah, you don't have to do that in the NFL. You have injury settlements. But if you I just out, if I just outright. Right. If I just outright release you, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot, a lot more that goes into this than I think. I know anybody really wants to have a true, meaningful nuts and bolts discussion on. But ultimately, what I'm saying is, I don't get, I don't understand how you get to a point where your rule book is legal, unless the rules are collectively bargained and agreed upon by both sides. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Right. That's why you don't see legal challenges in the NFL, in the NBA, in Major League Baseball. There are two sides. 
They sit down, they negotiate. The rules are legal because both sides have agreed. Right. And they and the you have you have strikes. In college, only one side has agreed to the rules, and now the other side has finally figured out a court of law will never uphold rules where we didn't get any representation in making said rules. That's all I'm yeah. saying. No, I, I agree. I'm just I'm still at the point where I'm just like I want to see how you guys. I do too. I, I I will use this for till the day I die. You guys couldn't figure out that having a fourteen playoff with five power conference leagues was going to work. But was the dumbest gonna, shit ever. But you're going to figure all this out. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. Or, or having two leagues, the SEC and the Big Ten control everything with the SEC having one media partner and the Big Ten having another. Yeah, it's... I mean, they 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 basically let the damn Rose Bowl dictate the playoff for the... I mean, right. like, come for on. a decade. For this a is decade. why I just don't... I don't really pay much attention to any of it because I'm just like... Sure, guys. Like, yeah. Um, but but the more but the, you I mean, think about it, right? And now we're now we're getting into the stuff with like Florida State. That's and, where I wanted to go next. And their like, threat. And so you're talking about a half a billion dollars. So you're looking at like private equity companies now, just potentially owning college athletic programs. Uh, you know, that's going to be sweet. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, the Saudis, the Saudis are going to come over at some point. The, the, the black rock Bearcats. <laughs> um, Look, if the like, Saudis think they can make a bunch of money on golf, wait till they hear well, how that much was they never really, make on college football. That was never really about, that's, that's for a different time, but that was never about I, making a dime. You, you get my point though. <laughs> Yeah, they could actually yeah, make point. money on college right. football. They, they could they make won't... money hand over fist on college football. But yeah, so it's like, and that you know, my I'm again not really. I think it's still you know proved to me that you can really get out of this and find the cash to get out of it and and everything. Um, the most interesting part of it all to me, though, is not the Florida State angle; it's the Notre Dame angle. Because, because they if, don't have to do anything. If Florida, but right, but they would if Florida State somehow broke this right. grant of rights, and which allowed them and however many other teams to exit. Notre Dame certainly is not going to keep a five-game uh, football schedule agreement with like the whoever's left. Right, Virginia Tech, uh, DC, and they and they'll have no one to put their other sports. So that would in, in probably in effect force them into a conference. Which they would be that's the funny part about this is Florida State and Clemson and maybe North Carolina, Virginia, whoever, they're the ones like fighting to get out of the ACC. Like, guess who goes above you in any conference expansion if they wanted yeah. to be in be in conference expansion? So you're essentially possibly like cutting off your nose to spite your face by we want out because this conference is so terrible, but this other team over here is probably gonna take one of their spots. In a, in a place well, that they would want to be. 
I would think like if if they went to the Big Ten and said we'll give you the same like we play five Big Ten games a year, right? Tend to do that. We'll play all of our basketball and all of everything else in the Big Ten, and you get five Notre Dame games a year. The Big yeah. Ten would be like, yeah, great, awesome, right? We'll make more money, great. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now they've taken up a spot, but they still Notre Dame it. essentially takes up a Is spot it? in the ACC. Right. Yeah, because yeah. for every other sport, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. – yeah, so they would take a spot in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten would be looking to add one more team, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, who knows? But, yeah, that's the well, interesting like, – that's the interesting part to me. not going to the SEC because Florida wouldn't allow it. I just don't think the SEC has an appetite for another Florida school. Right. Same so the same only as, option as, for Florida same State – another South Carolina school. The only option for Florida State and Clemson is is the Big Ten, and you're right. Notre Dame is – it's not even close how far yeah. Notre Dame is ahead of them on the well, picking order. And Virginia and North Carolina. I mean, Jim Delaney, right. <laughs> commissioner of the Big Ten for how many years is a North Carolina grad? His one – his dying wish is probably to have North Carolina in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, if you're the Big Ten, it's like – I'll take North Carolina and Notre Dame. Be yep. pretty damn ha- pretty damn happy with myself. Virginia wouldn't be far behind. No, I think Virginia's right in there, especially with the, for the Big Ten and the SEC as well, because it just gives them a, another state that they're not in. Right. And financially, they're kind of a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. But yeah, There's it's, a lot of money there. You know, it's it never ends somehow. Well, <laughs> you never. I mean, that's the that's the beautiful part about doing this is you never know what's going to trigger the next thing. Right. And you have no idea when it's going to happen either. They're just landmines planted all around the country, waiting to explode. Yeah. They, How long yeah. until Texas isn't happy in the SEC, Dave? Because the SEC doesn't have a grain of rights, right? No, does not. You think they're going to be happy being fifth, fourth, fifth, most important on? Like, hey, but they got they got a lot more money now. They do. <coughs> they don't have the power that they've. Which I always just laugh about of fans like bragging about that. Like, doesn't help you at all. Right, you don't have another penny. Nobody, nobody's giving you a dollar. <laughs> Your league's getting harder, <laughs> not not easier. Like, right. no, but it's. I mean, keeps it keeps our buddy Dan in business. I'm going to see him in yeah. a couple weeks. Love to have him on after the new I'll, year. I'll be out. I'll be out in Vegas. Be out in Vegas, hoping to hoping to touch touch base with him. Yeah, it's a shame you won't be able to make the KC trip. I know. But. That one would uh, probably result in divorce. <laughs> it's just me, Aaron, or no, me, Brent, Keegan, Mo, Taryn, and maybe Vogel. Oh, it's not who's going. It's the timing of it. I know. Like I would be I getting know. back from Knoxville to, to get in a car to leave to go to Kansas. A van down by the river. Either way. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Do you guys have tickets yet? Uh, I'm getting. It's not my well, problem. Yeah, you don't need one. 
Is everyone trying to get a media media credential? I don't I don't know what they're they're I mean Keegan, I'm sure, and Brent, I'm sure are. Mo can get radio. I I, I don't you know, I don't know what Taryn's uh plan is. I might ask him that tomorrow. Um <laughs> I would assume George could do hits for WLWT. Still, I don't know if they'd allow him to be on air anymore. I don't know <laughs> if he'd want to. I'm imagining we're going to take a couple cases of Cincy Light with us. So we're staying in like a freaking mansion. So sounds great. I mean, yeah, I will be at Vols uh, Tide Saturday. Of that weekend. I think I think we'll probably have more fun, but I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun. Uh buddy, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that might be for a different uh that's an after dark. That's an after dark show. I don't even know if we're allowed to speak publicly on, on matters of of such uh shenanigans. Uh one more time before we go. Thank you to Homefield Apparel for sponsoring us since the start of football season. Uh, it has been awesome. I think you have uh, until New Year's, BCJ23, homefieldapparel.com. Get all of your vintage apparel, all your uh, old school marks and logos and labels. Saw a bunch of people that got the bomber jacket for Christmas that said it was unbelievable. Um, the hoodies are great. The t-shirts are great. The joggers. Uh, I've got the quarter zip. Um, just high, high quality stuff. 15% off BCJ23 at checkout. Uh, hopefully we will uh, we will see home field apparel back in the fall when football rolls back around because it's been an awesome partnership and they make some of the best stuff in the country. It's pretty cool to see a company like that go from a little mom and pop t-shirt company to what they've become. And it's oh, yeah. it's been it's been a privilege to be a partner with them through uh through college football season. You got anything else? USC's backup quarterback had himself a first half. He did. Uh I'm not I'm gonna be nice. I'm not going to yeah. say anything mean about Louisville. They're having a hard enough time right now. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Kentucky uh, in football. They got blown out by Kentucky in basketball. Their AD has decided to keep their terrible basketball, maybe the worst basketball coach in the history of basketball. Wow, um, that's saying something. Have you? I mean, have you really looked what has happened since he's been hired? No, why would I care to? <laughs> they're, they're awful. I mean, it's fascinating how Adidas Adidas must not be helping the basketball team out as much as they help the football team out. No, they do. Like that's the problem. They do. <laughs> and they are still as bad as any high major program I can I can ever remember at this point in time. Like that Kentucky game was just like it wasn't when will Kentucky pull away? Like if Kentucky will pull away. It was like how much? Like mm -hmm. when is there going to be that run 
that just makes this laughable. They're 188th in Ken Palm, 189 on offense, 196 on defense. That seems terrible. It's it it's seems, unbelievable. How seems bad. pretty terrible, but you know. Sometimes, sometimes karma is real, Dave. And all the things that they did to get to where they're at, I don't, I don't feel bad at all. Watching that fan base be miserable after they, their, their actions uh, <laughs> over the past year. I, I've gotten, you know what? I've gotten 140 minutes into this podcast. Fuck those guys. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for technically 100 minutes, an hour and 40 minutes. Or an hour and 40 minutes, yeah. Whatever. Shut up, there. Get out of here with your math. <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes into this podcast. Fuck those guys again. We'll see you uh, in 2024. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to Aaron for an awesome year. All the guests, all the fans, all of you guys. Uh... For being here along the way, it's been another great year for Bearcat Journal, and uh, let's keep it moving. This is the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail. Thanks to Team Ticker. Thanks to Turtles Brew. Thanks to Home Field. Everybody else that supported us. We'll see you next year. Right here on the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by BearcatJournal.com.